This podcast is a Kitty Wing production. Rockus Marcus. Rockus Marcus. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of My High School iPod, the podcast where we have a guest. We invite that guest to play some of the music that might have been on his or her iPod back in high school, and uh, we decide if, uh, if we still like the music or if it didn't age well. Um, and uh, yeah, this is we've done a few of these. We're... This is another one, and uh, I am joined, as always. Uh, my name's Jay Howell. I'm the host. Uh, we're going to get better. It's, more, it's funny. You're reading this word for word off a script. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know why like, you wrote it like that. There was a break. <laughs> you wrote, oh, yeah, my name is Jay Howell. <laughs> you're going off script because I haven't introduced you That's yet. That's true. Uh, Bad with scripts. My my co-host, as always, uh, and producer is Muhammad Joma. Hey Jay, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. Thank you. I I I feel like uh, yeah, I, I feel looser now that we've done a few yeah. of these. Yeah. Um, I, You're an old podcasting pro. Look at me. Look at me go. Um, but yeah, we're we're joined today by um, one of my uh, favorite friends. Uh, I'll say of all time. I'll throw that out there. Oh, I don't boy, give a lucky shit. You. Um, <laughs> I'm going to some people. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I've known this guy for a long time. We've, we've played a lot of music together. Uh, we've listened to a lot of music together. Uh, I think we're in 27 bands together <laughs> at this point. Uh, it's Gus Fernandez. Hey, Gus. Hey. Gussie. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here, dude. Um, I love Muhammad's place. Yeah, it's a my nice studio. Place. Look at that giant window. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does have a giant window. That really isn't leading to any it's outside. A, it's a brick wall, it's right? A view <laughs> of a brick wall. Yeah. I mean, it's I, it's actually it's open in the ceiling, but there's walls I know. completely I surrounded. I love there's, it. The yeah. privacy, though. It's kind of nice. It's really nice. Uh, Gus. Hey. Let's talk about uh, music in high school. How how uh, <laughs> how did it shape you as a human? Like, because you played in bands. You in only high school. you only told me that I was gonna do this po- like a few days ago. Yeah, and it has sent me into like a deep, <laughs> dark spiral. I mean, because if I'm gonna talk about the music I listened to in high school, it's like I have to talk about everything. Yeah, like, about you know? high school. Well, <laughs> no, I mean, mainly it's just that I was such like a I was such like a I used to describe myself as like a leech. I was such a follower. Like, I just, like, hung out with my friends and did whatever they were doing and listened to whatever the, they were listening to. I can only really think of, like, two or three, if that even, bands that, like, I feel like I contributed. So, like, hey, right. guys, check these guys out. So, you weren't, uh, I guess, like, we've we've talked about, like, they're the people that will, like, seek out new music. Like, I feel like, uh, and I've said it before, like I always like to be the person that found the band and yeah. told other people about I've, the band. Yeah, I've become that, you know, mm-hmm. after only after having played music a lot. Because even playing music, that was like I was playing other people's music and absolutely fine with that. Sorry, my eyes are like really. Were you, were you in a cover band? 
No, I was playing. <laughs> I was playing Connor Quinn's music. Yeah, specifically, and at, you know, like the first band I was ever in, it was Connor and Chris. They were the two songwriters, and I, you know, like I would just play it. But I mean, what, like, what was that band called? Who am I? Ooh. I have a tattoo of it right here. Ah, so yeah. what were you like, twenty or so? I was For the 15. podcast guest, really? he just showed us his tattoo. Fifteen years old. Yeah, I didn't realize you you known those guys. So I was a long. freshman in high school. High, it's about high school, right? So we can I can talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I was a freshman in high school, and my brother was a senior, and he was in a class with this girl who knew Connor and Chris, people who I ended up being in a band with. They were already in a band, and I guess we're looking for a drummer, and were like vocal about that. So Kim knew because um, she was friends with them, and then one day, like she's in class with my older brother, talking about it. And my older brother's like, "Oh, my little brother plays drums," so I think that my brother gave her like my aim screen name <laughs> which was i had a few <laughs> i think it was either latin vaca latin vaca was like my main screen name like the one that i used normally but i also had like the one when i was trying to like troll people uh-huh. jay do you remember your user uh and... yeah my the first one was drummer boy 24 oh, i had a drummer one too yeah <laughs> that was drummer goose 1010 <laughs> What was yours? Another punk. N-O-T-H, like, another punk. <laughs> That's intimidating. Yeah. We, uh, I wasn't. <laughs> we, went, we went bowling probably a few months ago. And uh, everybody's name oh, that's, was there, oh, like, that's first. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that like, should be a rule for bowling. It's great. But I, had, I also had Superman's thong. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I came up with that. It's like a band name. It was a name screen name. Was it was it with a number or were you the only superman? <laughs> no, it was it was definitely like uppercase and lowercase variety oh, yeah. letters. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, like so Connor who's you know, this was sixteen years ago now. He uh he his screen name was Cole Island and he had uh like edited his aim account or whatever to where his text came out. It was green type with like a black background. Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> everything, everything he said. I haven't even thought about that. <laughs> but he was just like, "I heard you play drums." Basically, we like we like scheduled a time to meet up, and we met up. And I mean, long story short, though, them two, Chris and Connor, were like the source of everything I listened to. That wasn't like my parents or spillover from middle school, like Napster. Yeah, and but you were listening like to stuff in middle school then, yeah. too. I mean, yeah, like, middle school was the start of, of your own music. Yeah, the first time I ever bought a CD it was Green Day, Nimrod. Okay, I think I was in seventh grade. That was. I mean, I, I think I like acquired CDs before then, like that my you know older siblings like left behind. I was like, I'll that's take a, it. I'll say Nimrod. That's a. It's a good first. Respectable first album. No, I'm not embarrassed at all. There's plenty yeah. other embarrassing things that I've done. My, like fir- my... my first album was, uh, no joke, Chumbawamba, Tub Thumper. Wow. Yeah. I think that was my second. Like, <laughs> I, like I'm saying, every, every other thing that I did from then on. My first concert, because I, I was living in Charleston in middle school, and then we moved here to Atlanta for high school. So, like, I didn't go to any concerts in Charleston, because not a lot of people played in Charleston. Right. Then. Mm-hmm. So then we moved here. And the first concert I went to was some forty-one. Nice, mm, yeah, that's a good one. So it's like, you know, how just are they live? That out. I mean, they're really good. Like, are they yeah. still around? They are, I think, still around. The and singer's looking is. rough. Yeah, mm. but the the best. Oh, thing wasn't ever... he married to like Avril Lavigne or something? Or is that something? He else? definitely dated Paris Hilton for a minute. Really? Yeah. <laughs> It's weird. Like it's cool to once be, he like... did that, you're just like, oh, you're in the whole thing for the whole wrong reason. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But the whole thing about Sum 41 was their drummer. And their yeah. drummer kicked ass last. He was great. Yeah. He was really he good. He was good. It's weird because they, they were doing like sort of a rap rock thing. Mm-hmm. Like, well, really? In the guise of pop punk, Really I just guess? that one song. Fat uh, Lip. Fat Lip. Yeah. Because yeah. Like, he sang some too. The and drummer I was, like, was the rapper. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. They do. But I think that was one yeah, of the only like, songs he sang. A lot, of, a lot of bands like them kind of ha- would do that every now and then. Offspring would do that every now and then. Oh, yeah. And then Linkin Park, I always forget which came first, the like rap the rock, rap or the rock or the singing. Then, yeah, yeah, I, I think know. they. I think it was first. It was just the what's his what's his name, uh, oh the guy, the singer or the rapper. No, 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 the rapper, the guy who's still alive. Yeah, um, he's really talented. Mike I, something. Something, yeah, I think it's Mike something. Um, I think it was his band, and then they were like, we need. A singer and yeah. brought in Chester. And by the way, Lincoln Park was a CD I bought in middle school that I loved. Like, so uh, I'll talk about uh, 311 as I have to by law for yeah. this podcast. 311 was you the opposite. It they had a singer. Minutes into the episode. <laughs> oh, that's no, right. We started at six minutes. So. <laughs> yeah, they were singer first. They were, they were singer first, and they brought in a rapper. But that little rapper, like, if you never saw him, you would think he was like three feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, in 311, SA? <laughs> right? SA Martinez. He, he was always just like, oh, yeah. that's he guy. always like. Like pops up and he's like <laughs> jumping around all like well he super was energetic. he was actually three feet eleven inches tall oh, okay. and so that's why they I honestly like three eleven for some reason like slipped by me in my life like I never yeah. I they, never had that they face. weren't really I think they were already kind of uncool when we you, yeah. what, what were you two thousand four is that when you graduated, I graduated high school high school oh five oh five so even younger yeah. Like the the years before us, if, like I remember hanging out with older kids that were really into yeah. three eleven and and Sublime and all that stuff. Kind of was yeah. out by the time that we were. I loved Sublime. Yeah. I had I you know I loved Sublime. I could I don't know I could I can't stand three eleven snare sound. That's yeah, that's all, that's the whole yeah. it's, that's right. That piccolo, yeah. The first <laughs> um, like on the first episode. Uh, Mahalo was like, let's play some 311. And it was like, starts off with like a guitar thing that I'm like, okay, don't hate it. And I heard like, and you hear somebody, <laughs> and I was like, no. And you hear somebody with like a, like a iron rod hitting oh. another iron rod. It's like, Bing! it's like, what is that? Piccolo <laughs> snare. I remember my friend Andy, um, his older brother had a drum set and, uh, he had a piccolo snare and like, I would, Every time I, I was just like, "This is awful." I just don't like <laughs> yeah. it at all. And Chris, so Chris and Connor, who I joined their band, and it's like I was gonna join their band no matter what because it was my dream to join a band. But like they happened to be into punk rock or whatever. But they, it's so weird how this happened because talking about piccolo snares, like those are commonly used in ska music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I guess Three Eleven was like sort of ska yeah. sometimes. I they're, don't know. They're kind of. Or like maybe they began as that. They were in that SoCal sort of stoner. So, but Connor and Chris, um, they liked ska, but like they didn't like horns. Like they 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 had this weird <laughs> specific thing. It was like we like punk ska, no horns. Like basically, like there's like ska core. Right. So there's bands like Link Eighty, um, this band called Slapstick, Choking Victim, which came became Leftover Crack. Like these were all introduced to me by them, and it was like I haven't heard of any. They of all bands. they're all like they play upstrokes, like they play ska, but there's no horns, and it's like really evil as fuck. It's like punk, dark, yeah. wow. crazy. My my first CD since no one asked uh, was <laughs> was uh, Tragic Kingdom. I no doubt. Oh, that's oh, yeah. a respectable one too. They, yeah. When they album. started, they were 
kind of like a ska band oh, yeah. thing. They kind were of, doing that SoCal so ska yeah, totally. thing too. Like, yeah, so many it, was, bands. it was sort of like light ska. There wasn't it wasn't super so, horn heavy, but so a many lot of... bands started in ska. And oh. I know like it's called like you know there's like a revival or you know they used yeah to call we were it... just talking about that I think on what are they reviving it from? Because I don't remember a time when ska was like mainstream. <laughs> <laughs> but we were talking about how it, it's it, like. If you go back to sort of the funk bands of of the seventies, I guess, and eighties, even like Chicago and Ooh, I love you know Chicago. what I mean, like like record. big band. Yeah, I got my. I love Chicago too, but Chicago like big bands with band. horns and stuff. Well, they're not definitely not ska, yeah. but like <laughs> rock bands that utilized horns yeah. in instruments and stuff. You know, different instruments and stuff, and it doesn't really exist much anymore. That's true. Outside of ska, had it. But Scott well, also okay, had so such a specific this sound. Was, this that wasn't was going to happen that if, great. if we were going to talk about my a high school ho- podcast. We were going to get to this band, the RX Bandits. Because oh, I, did, I remember them. That's yeah. my. That's like uh, just because of my high school years and probably like you know early college years. Just yeah. the like the extent of my obsession with them probably has like carried over enough that it's like that's been my lifelong like favorite band. I have a big old tattoo right let's, here. Let's listen to them. You want to listen to them? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I wanted to say, though, because they started, like, so many bands. And I wanted to say, too, because, like, why did so many bands start as ska bands? And then... I didn't know RX Bandits were anything past, like, three songs. I'm familiar with that band. I didn't know they were anybody's favorite band. So, like, Smash Mouth, apparently, was, like, a ska band before they tried to go mainstream (laughs) with whatever sound that that is. What is that sound? But then, like, there's, like, I don't know, so many bands that you find out tried to do ska first... But, like, RX Bandits, they were very much a ska band. Like, their first album is, like, super ska, and they have horns, but they, over the course of their career, like, over the course of their albums, they break away from the ska, and they go more towards just, like, progressive rock. It seems yeah. maybe, like, a limiting it, well, kind of thing. But the it cool was also about... short-lived. I mean, ska wasn't hot for very long. No, it was it very wasn't. short. I mean, probably less than a decade, right, no, that ska yeah. was... Alive. When it, was a, was it was a fad. <laughs> it was a fad. It was a real fad. But the cool thing about the RX Bandits was that they didn't get rid of the horns. The like, I mean, I think that the, it's the horn section has thinned out. Like, I've sort of haven't kept track as much over the years. But like, at least for two, three albums, they kept writing and putting out music that was like no longer ska music at all. You know, like it had weird breakdowns and stuff that you could like maybe kind of say, oh, that sounded like ska or reggae or something. But like, it just totally. Turned into it, it aged with me. I felt like like I liked it when it was ska, and then I got tired of ska, and so did they. And they started playing like this weirder shit, and I was like, okay, you guys, I'm with you. Like, let's do this. Cool. So you were like on board. Yes. You weren't like, where the but fuck they, are but the horns? But they kept using the horns. Like they still have horns. Yeah, it was just a different in the, style. In the in the so it's just like what you're saying. It's like a band that's like we can like Chicago. Like we can make music with horns that isn't cheesy. In fact, another band that's a good example is Link Eighty. Uh, they had horns and they were terrifying. It wasn't like, ooh, <laughs> let's skank and have a good time. It was like, it was like creepy, like Star Wars Darth Vader theme horns. Like, okay, it was cool. Do well and like, I you still hear horns? Like I know like the National uses horns and like mm. Arcade Fire, like like when when Funeral came out. I don't know what they're doing anymore, but when they first kind of like hit the scene, they had like yeah, a I've, French I've horn and like trumpets and stuff like that. And, it's uh, why I like so much, like, of the 70s funk era, yeah. you know, like, because I, I do like hearing 
right. horns, horns and stuff. And, you know, the, you hear it sometimes in hip-hop now, but... Oh, is this them? Oh, wait. I didn't want to Nope, do, this is still Corey Brandon. I didn't want to do that one. Um, <laughs> this is what I was listening to earlier. Uh, I love horns because it's like... A lot of times, it's just a whole. It's a whole different melody. It's like yeah. you got the vocal melody, you have the rhythm guitar part, and like the bass line and the beat, and then the horn line is like a, it's like a whole other vocal melody, but it's being played by the horns. It's right. Just like and they can do their own thing in a way that like the horn part will get stuck in your head the way yeah. lyrics. Get yeah. Yeah. Totally. Head. I feel like a lot of uh, the ska songs I heard, um, there was like a place where the horns would. Cut. It would usually be like at the beginning of the song. And then they drop out for the verse, and then like maybe in the chorus. But it was like usually like during like an instrumental break. Like you could almost predict like, all right, here yeah. comes the horns. I got a like I got a call out less than Jake for that. Like their horn parts are so predictable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so was RX Bandit? Uh, were they a band that you discovered on your own? RX Bandits or I think that... so. Yeah, I because I, uh, I you know I'm guilty of having that like hipster mentality that if it's like a band that i discovered on my own i hold it closer yeah <laughs> like and yeah like it was a, they're a drive-through records band which is also right. strange for them because drive-through records if you remember was all they're, emo bands yeah well we i think we talked about them on like the last episode probably with, just justin. Like, with justin yeah, yeah with like the starting line and finch and midtown exactly. they were like yeah our ex-bandits i think were the only oh, ska band and that they was, had. was newfound glory on yeah so then it was from it was through newfound glory that I found the RX Bandits because it was through like I bought like a newfound glory thing, and then uh, drive through records since the thing with like a sampler. Samplers. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. Oh, that was how you figured. That's how out. you found all yeah. music back then. Okay, so this is one. They were done with the ska. This is just an example of there's horns and it's not ska. When did this one come out? Like what year? Like oh four, oh three. Let me see. Okay. He's kind of got that like late to mid two thousands yeah. voice. Yeah, he, he can't shake yeah. that. Oh three. This horns. is cool. I like this. The horns, cool. horns are gonna come in here. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. They're doing that's... kind of a back and forth with the other but, melodies and stuff. And then I can play you like some of their ska stuff, because that shit was good too, man. What did they, like, I don't know, maybe you don't know, but like at that point, what were they calling themselves as far as like, were they still like, we're a ska band from Southern California, or were they like, we're a I think that a I, alt rock? They were definitely trying to like project the progressiveness but it, you know like they never it was just never getting rid of the horn players always like made me yeah. be like huh yeah. I mean, like i always liked it like i was on board with that but like it was like okay you know i i feel like it's it would be almost hypocritical to call yourself like progressive but then be like so we got rid of the horn section that made us scott it's like, <laughs> you know, like your body i don't know yeah. i totally respect uh what they did i think at the end of the day it just that guy, his name was Matt Embry or Ombre or something. I don't know if it's like a French pronunciation. But I think that <laughs> at the end of the day, he's just a talented dude. Um, well, okay, so here's some I was of their ska days. And this stuff kind of rocks. 
those upstrokes. I mean, it's not a keyboard. Oh yeah, organ. they had a great organist. How many people were in the band? How many people were in the band? They had like three horn players, an amazing drummer, Chris Tzagakis or something like that. It's a Greek last name. Uh, lead singer, bassist, and keys. Ha! Ha! Oh yeah, this is full blown. It's got all the extras that you want from a Scott, pickups and everything. But I mean, it's like it's like country music for me, which I like a lot now. And like as I'm getting older, country music is one of those really like really like expansive genres. Like there's so much of it, mm-hmm. and a lot of it sucks. Right. And it's like when you find someone that does it really good, you're like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like you know. There's a lot of ska I don't like, and this guy did it. He did it good. Uh, Hip hop's like that too. A lot of a lot of shit out there, oh, but when yeah. you find something good, it's just like mind blowing. Did yeah. you? Because when I think of ska um, and people that were super into it, um, I think of a lot of like checkerboard, oh, yeah. like belts and shoes, like those slip-on vans. Yeah. Those you... slip-on vans are still a thing, by the way. Yeah, like people still wear them. <laughs> I um, I. I think Mitchell had a pair at one point. <laughs> Wait, checkers? Yeah, checkers? checkers yeah. slip on this. Oh, and Chase did too. I've I don't know why. I, I still see. I'm telling. Like, I like. I've seen them recently. Yeah. around Atlanta. Like it, it's it's maybe the longest lasting <laughs> yeah, of uh, all time. People would like sharpie their own. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did have a pair of like Chuck Taylors that I did like a checkerboard on the like on the toe part. Right. The one uh, thing I never like got on board on was like dressing like my musical idols like i think one of the reasons actually (coughs) excuse me that i liked blink 182 so much i was talking about this with kelly recently one of the reasons i think that i like attached myself so much to blink 182 is because like their songs like the lyrical content of their songs was so ridiculous and goofy and immature but then, like, God, talking about it and saying it out loud, it's, like, so safe and privileged and, like, coming from a place of, like, oh, we have a comfortable life and money or whatever. Yeah. But, like, because everything else, like, the way they dressed. Like, I remember yeah. the Damn It music video. They had, like, collared shirts on. You know what I mean? Like They, they, were, they, they look like... They look like upper middle class. Yeah. yeah. And like, like, they went shopping at the mall, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And so it's just, like, okay, cool. I Like, no pressure to wear, like, to dye my hair black. No pressure yeah. to, like, do this extreme thing. I can be, like, sort of normal-ish or that's, maybe even preppy. Like that, That's why they were such a big entry point for of pop punk for people, yeah. too. I mean, like... And then they all why started they mainstream. Their own, they all started their own clothing lines. Yeah. And then only wore their own clothing yeah. lines. Yeah. And it was, like, like, fake skate brand. It's fake... Yeah. yeah it's, I mean, that was, like, their whole thing. They also... Their lyrics got more serious and got way worse. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, God, they got yeah. really shitty when they started trying to sing about, like, <laughs> real that? stuff. Blink one eighty two, like one of the one of the, I think one of the reasons that um, those guys Connor and Chris reached out to me was they saw me walking the halls of high school wearing different band t shirts that I got at like. I was gonna ask, did you wear band t shirts? Yeah, like safe ones. You know what I mean? Like ones that didn't make me feel like I was screaming, "Look at me!" You know what I mean? Like I couldn't, I didn't have the guts to show up to school with like eyeliner on and like. Black yeah, yeah I, I, I was kind of in that boat too. <laughs> I, I wore like sort of skatery clothes, but I never went. Yeah. I never even did like the 
skinny jeans really in high school i, mean, I didn't wear pants dude <laughs> just shorts you were shorts I was short. like i was i like i just had my thing i i moved like, we lived i was born in miami and i lived yeah. there for the first 11 years of my life and then we moved to charleston you were latin vodka i was latin baby <laughs> so like all i had was khaki shorts because that was also the uniform so like we moved up to charleston when my middle school had a uniform and we had to wear khakis and so we went and bought khaki shorts and i was like this will do <laughs> like I didn't have, so, I didn't get anything was, else. So you had a uniform, but it was like shorts or pants. They just had to be khaki. They just had to be khaki. But I never got. I don't know. I just didn't wear pants, and <laughs> I was afraid of change. <laughs> and it would be freezing outside, and I would be wearing shorts, and like, it was stupid. I did studded belts, and like I wore those stupid ball steel ball necklaces. <laughs> that that's oh, a big like that. cringe that I, I did, and I had a chain wallet. But that's about like as crazy as I got. I, you I could never... never go through metal detectors. Yeah, <laughs> and see the guys in the band that I ended up joining didn't like. Chris went a little bit. Like he would dye his hair, and like he was like a little bit in that direction with like the clothes he wore. But it wasn't insane. And Connor, like less. Like he he would get like he. I remember he had vans with pot leaves on them, and he didn't even smoke. <laughs> but like he. But like. Aside from that, though, he was pretty conservative. Like, he would wear shorts, like, down to his knee. He, like, it wasn't anything crazy. Like, mm. I don't know. So you weren't dressing. You didn't dress too crazy either. I mean, I feel like I, a little bit more emo-ish. I did the, well, because I've always had to wear glasses. Yeah. So I did the, like, and I still, I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> but, like, the as soon as, I think, like, the first time I saw, like, a Weezer music video, right. I was like, I want to get glasses like that. And I've just always had the, like, thick-rimmed glasses. And, uh... I remember getting, like, pissed off at people that would wear, like, those, but, like, they weren't prescription. Right. I would just well, be yeah. like, what right. the fuck? I have to wear these. I still feel that way. I and still... I shouldn't because, like, wearing glasses and accessories, whatever. Yeah. I, um, yeah. But I, I, I do remember. I keep pulling this. <laughs> I, would go, uh, I would go to a show and of a band that I would like, and I would immediately go to the merch table and buy a T-shirt of the band that I liked and I would always wear it to school like the very next day mm-hmm. as like like yes I went and saw uh, Taking Back Sunday last night <laughs> and I got this shirt see that's great like I, I had the opposite because like yeah it wasn't until I moved here that I even saw a show at the Masquerade I would Asked my mom if I could buy things on the internet from like the drive through website yeah. like, I had a Sum 41 shirt before I went and saw, I wore it to go see. Oh something. no, Gus! <laughs> I know, man. I didn't know I, th- those guys, Connor and Chris, who introduced me to a whole nother mess of guys, who all listened to their own separate amazing music. Like Scott Reed was another like wealth of knowledge with music, but mm-hmm. he he was like the thrash core hardcore uh, guy in the group. And then there was Mike Morgan, who I think was like the first person that I knew. That was willing to listen to anything at all. As, and, like, the weirder the better. Like, he introduced me to Ween. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Like, I, but before, if, if, I don't know. I can't imagine how lame I would be if I didn't meet those people. Yeah. Because, yeah, I wore a Sum 41 shirt. <laughs> I remember going to uh, the, see the Get Up Kids. I think it's like, junior or senior year of high school. And uh, at the Cotton Club which was still a thing, like yeah. underneath the tabernacle. And uh, we, I went with uh, Chase, and um, we were picking up this really cute girl, and she, she 
started walking into Chase's car and she was wearing a Get Up Kids t-shirt and Chase was like, what the fuck? <laughs> she's wearing the... People are going to see us with her. It was like, yeah, dude, but she's like a super cute girl and she's really cool and yeah, she got the shirt at Hot Topic, but who cares? <laughs> it's going to be okay. All right, so like... I had a shirt that I got at Hot Topic that it was like a gray... I got it in middle school. Mm-hmm. It was a gray shirt and it was like, there was a three panels. There was like a comic that had three panels. And there was one that said disco, and there was like an X through it. <laughs> and then there was another panel that said country, and there was an X through it. And then there was one that said punk. Yeah. And there was not an X. <laughs> Those are the only three styles uh, of music. <laughs> I also had a SpongeBob SquarePants T-shirt. Like I, I had thought, a SpongeBob. Shirt. I thought that was like really quirky and cool. Mm-hmm. I had a Charlie Brown t-shirt, the one that looked like what Charlie Brown wears. You know what I'm talking oh, about? that's Like cool. a yellow shirt with the brown liner. <laughs> Man, I was just not aware. It was a mall shirt. We would, uh, I would, went through a big phase. I still would, I still own some of these shirts and wear them. But like, you would go to like a thrift store and there would be just like some weird, just a shirt with some weird. Some strange logo. Yeah. Totally. And, like some like old retirement community t-shirt. Yeah. And you were like, that's funny because I'm a kid and I don't go there, but I'm going to wear it and it'll be cool. And so I remember for Christmas one year, uh, my mom had told my grandparents like, yeah, he just likes wearing t-shirts with like funny stuff on them. <laughs> <laughs> and so they got me, I remember they got me the one that was like. I don't have a car, I don't have a job, I don't have a girlfriend, but I'm in a band. Like, I don't, I'm never wearing that shirt. I had to have it explained, like, I don't know if I had to, but it was explained to me by Chris and either Connor or Chris one day, while we were at uh, Chris's house practicing, he had all kinds of cool posters up. Like, he was like me with drive Through Records, but with way cooler record labels, like Asian Man Records. Okay. Yeah. And like other more like obscure punk labels and stuff. He was part of like a, he would be like, he would sign up for the street team for like side one dummy because they're putting out like a rancid, yeah. rancid album. Street teams, man. Yeah. yeah, so he would get tons of posters and he had tons of shit. And I, like I said, it's like a plethora of knowledge. And I was over there and I don't know if I commented on like the, the clothing, like because he, he was dressed like a lot of those people in the posters and stuff. But I just remember him being like, yeah, they, they buy their clothing at thrift stores. And like, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I was in ninth grade, and I remember them taking me to Value Village for the first time. And it's like, yeah, it's actually like really easy. Like You see these people wearing these outfits, and like I, I was just like a little <laughs> exasperated. Like I was just like... It's actually really easy. <laughs> I was like so upper... I don't know if I was upper middle. I would say I was more like middle class. But I was like so that... Yeah. yeah, just regular I was so kid. I was so, like, Ross yeah. and Target <laughs> yeah. that I was just like, how how hard do... Let's, I, I, thought, I, I mean, what, what town did you grow up in? Miami. I was born in Miami. No, what town did... And here in Atlanta. Yeah. I thought you said, what time did you <laughs> grow up in? In the town of Miami. century? <laughs> in the 21st century. <laughs> uh, and I went to Shambly High School. Yeah. But Chris and, Chris and Connor lived in Tucker, so I'd go to Tucker all the time. I just feel like I grew up in Kennesaw, and I feel like Kennesaw was not nearly that cool, even. like Having a value village, you mean? Or? Uh, no, we had a value village. <laughs> what do you mean cool? What's cool about anything I said? I, I didn't get that wealth of knowledge of, of music until I was in like, It was Shambly High School, actually, because, and probably because it was a charter school. I probably listened to cooler music than any of my friends, and my nice. favorite band was 311. So. Fuck yeah. <laughs> no, I think it was because Shambly was a charter school. 
Um, yeah, I, I went to Shambly because I lived two blocks away, so I was what they called a resident. Yeah. But um, you had all these like weird smart kids. Yeah. It was in. a magnet school too, so like there was smart programs, smart yeah. people programs, and all. I mean, like just because just because I played the drums and uh, I joined these these kids bands, they were a year older than me. They were great older than me, and they were all magnets. So like. I was, I don't know, I thought I was cool as shit. All my friends are a year <laughs> older than me, and they're magnets. I was a year younger and a resident. Like, I was a normal track everything. Um, so, yeah, it was just like, I'm a really lucky guy. And that school was full of people who I continue to realize, like, damn, Shambly, like, uh, Brandon Boyle, who now books under Speakeasy Productions, like, mm-hmm. books, like, some of the best hip-hop shows in Atlanta, and also... Mm-hmm. Had that video uh, with Eli Porter. I'm the best man. I did. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> like Brandon Boyle was behind all that. He was the one that organized the the like rap battles and stuff. Right. I, and he, I mean, like just tons of people that I think like all, all my friends that I went to school with. I'm like, God, all these people are brilliant, and I'm so lucky that I like met them and they taught me all these things. Jay's the coolest guy I went to high school with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The bar was really low. Kind of saw Go well, Mustangs. Well, it's like I feel like all these people from over there was like that's like Cobb County, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like we met each other and then like formed like what yeah. became a huge sort of social circle. Yeah. Well, of really was, cool, talented people. It was weird because like so so Gus and I have been in a band for like eight years yeah, now, now together, and um, Mason is also in the band. And friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast. Mason is the only Justin other Green. Shambly high grad that I went to high school with who was also a resident like me. Like he was, was Justin a Shambly high grad? No. no. Where did he come from? He, we only <laughs> met him like three or four years ago. Yeah. Um, what about Charlie? Charlie was Cobb, Harrison High School. Cobb County. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Um, yeah, you guys, there's a lot of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I was going to say, so like like we've we've been playing... For, for eight years, probably you know, and more friends, you you know, for a few years before that, playing in in other bands that would play shows together. But um, you guys would play, uh, Fox Trotsky would play at Swayze's. So Fox Trotsky was my band after Who Am I broke up. Yeah, it was Chris, no longer Chris. It was just Connor. Just you and Connor. But still high school. And Mason. Oh, and Mason. Yeah. And I remember like when when because uh, my band would play there too. And I can remember seeing like flyers, because there would be flyers for all kinds of shows. Um, and I remember seeing the name Fox, Fox Trotsky on shows for whatever reason. That's funny. But you like, didn't know him. You didn't, yeah, yeah, and I would funny. just be like, "Oh, this band Fox Trotsky plays here." <laughs> I had my head so far up my ass though, because like I said, <laughs> I at that age I was such a follower. Like I just was doing whatever was being done, not really paying attention to anything going on around. Yeah, I was. I met Mitchell. Has he done this podcast? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, I met him through Shauna when, uh, like, years ago, mutual friends. Yeah, and then I met you through him. Yeah, yeah. That was like what I don't know, eleven years ago or something. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like uh, when Mitchell and I moved back into Atlanta, uh, we like reconnected with like Kyle. Withrow and, right. and uh, Shauna. My neighbor. Now you have Withrow. to have them do the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that there's context for these yeah. names. <laughs> um, Kyle, lives very, Kyle lives in the next building over. Yeah, he'll definitely. Oh, God. He would love He has so much more to say about me. <laughs> Kyle Withrow, the day I met Kyle Withrow was at a show. It was Taking Back Sunday, Brand New, and Rufio. 
And while Rufio was playing, I want to play a Rufio song at some point. <laughs> I weird. Um, yeah, Rufio was definitely part of. Rufio was like the fastest double time yeah, funk beat yeah. that I've ever heard. So like Alan a Hamilton like music. a, a oh. mosh pit <laughs> broke out, and I like somebody bumped into me, and I like didn't have my balance, and I was falling into the mosh pit, uh-huh. and Kyle grabbed <laughs> me. I got you, brother. And like I think saved my life because I probably would have just Dude, been trampled to death. Kyle is that guy that's just like was born with the hipster knowledge. Like yeah. cool, he's just like he, he's like I'll show you how it's done. <laughs> how do you know though? He's the coolest dude. So Rufio is like a Christian man, right? No, Were they really? No, no, no. I, no, no, I don't no. know. I'm asking. Um, no, I, I, um, because I didn't listen to a lot of punk rock in high school. I was more of a emo, screamo kind of guy. Oh. Um, but I really liked Rufio, and I remember at that show uh, where I almost died in the mosh pit. Um, afterwards, me and Alan Hamilton like went my notes went and uh, talked to the drummer. Like outside, we we're like, "That's the drummer from Rufio. Let's go talk to him." Me and Alan were both drummers. Oh my god, Alan and, Hamilton needing the drummer. And and we were just like, <laughs> "Dude, you are so good at drums. You are a fucking amazing drummer. You're a hero of ours. We're both drummers, and you're a drummer, and you're so good." And all he said to us was, "If you guys go to California, like you'll get laid." And we're like, and we're like "Dude, thank you. That is great advice. But we just want to talk to you about how good of a drummer you are, and like." In hindsight, I'm like, he wanted us to get away so he could, like, talk to girls. Right. But we were just like, these That two. is the only reason he does anything. Yeah. <laughs> All right. This one, it's their number one most played song. Okay, then it's probably the one that I wanted. Yeah. Hopefully. Did these guys sample that Rufio oh, part yeah. in one of their songs? Rufio. Or like, yeah. Oh, I can't remember if that was, like, something that I just self-recorded and put on, like, a track, <laughs> or if it was actually... I- I remember listening to them on mp3.com. <laughs> yeah, dude, oh, yeah. I remember this song. This song is great. See, this, it's always fun to see if these bands, like, actually hold up. Yeah. There we go. Well, it was so fast. Yeah. I remember uh, Ross Smith could play this on guitar, and we were like, whoa! Thanks. Not bad. Yeah, I don't know if I like the, the it's singer. The singing. I mean, it's, it's just classic. That's the classic issue with these right. older bands is like all it's, these pop punk and emo bands from from that era had this sort of wine wine to them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Um, you know a good example. Okay, so you know, don't you wonder like these bands that sound like the, if this guy's still writing songs, there's no way he's still singing them like like, like that. Well, right? I was just noticing. Didn't we, um, didn't we listen to something? They they put an album out. Yeah, let's uh, give it a listen. Did we listen 2011. to Chris Caraba's recent music? Somebody's yeah. recent music, and it was sounded well. There's some guys just as bad. There are some guys who sing like that because there's no other way that they, they can sing. possibly right. sing. But yeah. there's some guys who sang that way because it was cool. Because it yeah. was cool. It was that like 
I always felt like no, you you're not breathing out of your nose. You're yeah. kind of whiny. I, I liked Newfound Glory for like a second, and then I got so annoyed with his voice back then. Yeah, because I was like, he's just doing what Green Day does, but he's bad at it. See, I feel like Billy Joel is one of those people who's just like that's just how he sings. Yeah, Billy, did I say Joel? You did. I did. I did that <laughs> in like the last episode. It's I a like comment. him too. He's I cool. always have to think about it before I say I'm like. No, it's Billy Joe Armstrong. This is the same song. Am I turning it up? Turn up here. I'm also turning okay, it up. Okay, so this is like the first idea. track on their the last thing they put out, which was 2011. It's called Little World. 2011? Yeah. yeah sounds you, like you're exactly, gonna have it sounds like Rufio. Give me, give me some I know, right? Oh, yeah, they haven't sprayed a little bit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Weirdly, though, I feel like 2011, you could still get away with this. I don't know if you could right now. You know what? You're right. That was a really long time ago, actually. Yeah, it was yeah. eight years ago. Not bad, though. Are you sure it's not Christian Rock? <laughs> <laughs> It's a. Uh... I don't mind it. Also, what? How else would you sing to this kind of music, though? This is a little bit more poppy. But see, here's the than thing, like the old it. stuff. Yeah. yeah. This sounds. This sounds a little bit more like. I, we want to be played in. I think they. The yeah, they wanted to be played on the radio, yeah. which I get. You know. It, uh, it's it's like being in a band. Okay, and this is getting into weird territory because you know Jay, you and I are in a band. That is nothing like this, and it's it's like we play like <laughs> they we sound play like, just like that. We play like indie folk that has like you know it's like it's kind of like quiet. Yeah, but it's just like the I, average age of the fans of Pony League are like it's like 40, <laughs> 45 years old. <laughs> so like coming from that sort of mentality, these bands are all like the drummers who I love this style of drumming. Like they're they're like full arm flailing like. Right. Full force, Beating as hard drums, as you can yeah. hit, playing mm-hmm. the drums. There's no way that you're gonna be able to like play along within like five or six feet of that drummer without like extreme amplification or like just screaming as loud as you can. It's just a stop. It's just like that's how that. Yeah, goes. it was loud, fast. Yeah, like that was especially yeah, like in high school. Um, yeah, like the faster someone could play the drums and the louder. Uh, in my mind, I was like, "That's a good drum." Yeah, exactly. You play really fast. Oh, dude. You play I used really to go loud. to sleep at night, just like on <laughs> my chest, just like, "How fast can I go?" I I realized at a like very early on in me playing the drums, uh, I was like, "All right, I can't play really fast," and I also could never do the double kick. Oh yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't do the I double. Could never figure it out. So I was like, "All right, I can't play punk rock music or hardcore music." I just can't do those things. You're like the leave on hell, man. Yeah, I can play slow I can just and keep it loud. Time. Jay's gonna go pee. He doesn't like Don't to say tell anything. Everybody. <laughs> I was on my phone. It, I think it was either today or yesterday, and I saw Seven Dust sponsored ad on my Facebook feed. Remember Seven Dust? Yeah, that that guy. I uh, lived in the neighborhood as a yeah. Singer. They're from Atlanta. They're from you Kennesaw. Always, you always hear someone be like, "Oh yeah." I, I knew him a little bit. He's dead though. Did, didn't he die? Really? Yeah, I think the lead singer died. I, I think maybe they, suicide. I got a new guy. Yeah, maybe. Because, yeah, it was a sponsor. I could be wrong. I, I could be conflating it. It was a video else. of them performing on New Year's Eve just this this past year. Maybe I'm thinking, did the guy from Stain die and then Seven Dust did, like, a song tribute to him? I have no <laughs> maybe idea. that's what happened. I know the guy from, 
Was it a uh, puddle of mud or something like yeah. that? Yeah. Not puddle of mud. That's a genre. Drowning pool. Yeah, that dude died. That guy. That's a genre of music I oh, yeah. never like listen yeah. to. Yeah. It's never fast. <laughs> yeah, it's it, like slow, moody, like Is rock. that new metal? Is that what that's called? Like, oh, yeah, maybe. And new metal, yeah. Um, Jay, you ever listen to? Seven Dust. Seven Dust or um, those types of bands? No, but I know that they were... Aaron Paul. Atlanta, right? Yeah, like we know yeah, people who I, I, grew up in my na- same Aaron neighborhood. Paul? That's not that guy's name. Logan Paul? From Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Ethan Embry is the Ethan. actor I was thinking of from yeah. Can't Hardly Wait. And... Matt Embry is the RX Manitz guy. Yeah. Brilliant dude. He could, he Ethan might, Embry's he might pretty be smart, a terrible too. person. I did get to meet Matt yeah, are you, from are the you... RX Manitz one time behind the Roxy. Was it the Roxy? Is it still the Rock? Or that's the Buckhead. The Roxy theater. exists somewhere else now. It exists it's, in the Battery. It's, it's, it's by the, the Buckhead Stadium. So it was the Buckhead Theater, or it is the Buckhead Theater now, but it, it was the right, Roxy back yeah. then. Right. And it, they were opening for Real Big Fish. Oh, weird. Yeah. Real I didn't, Big I Fish. I didn't stay for Real Big Fish though. That's how I got to meet Matt because I went out behind nice. the Roxy. Yeah. That was. I remember that being a big thing when I was young. Was like, the Roxy was a good venue, actually, to go out back, and that's where I met well, to, I'm Yeah, to meet. Yeah. But then you were just like, all I'm going to do is tell them how much I like them. I met. How good they are. They, they're not the coolest band. Again, I did not listen to that cool music, but I met Slightly Stupid. Are you familiar with them? Yeah, I bought my uh, my high school girlfriend. At they the played time, like punk, though. I was too. obsessed with them. They were good. I did not like Aren't them. Aren't they like a jam band? <laughs> they're a little jammy. They're a little bit more like SoCal. They were associated like with Sublime. Sublime. Yeah, yeah. They, they were signed to when uh, they when Bradley Noah yeah. created a label, Skunk, I guess. Skunk, Skunk yeah. Records. Um, but anyway, I met those dudes. And we got real high with them. Oh. And they played music. Like they played acoustic and shit. And oh, it was wow. just like 10 of us, like the people I was That's with. That's so cool. It was fucking cool. It made me like that band a lot better. That is cool. Because I liked them, but then like we saw them. And then that happened. Then I was like, no, that band's awesome for years until I was like 20 yeah. I never, I can, I can never I get like, into it. I don't like these guys. The, my, my girlfriend at the time, like my high school girlfriend at the time was in love with them. And I remember I bought her two tickets to a slightly stupid concert. And I was like, these are for you and friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, uh, girls actually really did like that band. I remember there was a lot of girls yeah, at that show. She loved it. It's uh, always cool when you went to a show where you're like, man, a lot of girls. How, how <laughs> like, old? A lot of girls like this band. Because you would go to some shows sometimes and you're just like, it's all dudes here. I feel like, uh, <laughs> yeah, like a Converge show might just be all dudes. Yeah. Even like... You go to like a Hold Steady show, right, which so. is my favorite band. It's, it's a lot of guys. just a bunch of dudes Dude, like I've, me. <laughs> I've tried to get my wife into that band so many times. Yeah. She does not care. Um, so yeah, I don't know. You know, Weezer was a band with a lot of girl fans. I remember going to a couple of Weezer shows, yeah. and there's always a bunch of girls there. You know, yeah, my brother Raul, um, who like lives in Shout Ohio. Shout out to Raul yeah. in Ohio. <laughs> Um, he introduced me to Weezer when I was still in middle school, yeah. which I think is really cool. It's like one of the few things that I feel like I got to get in on. Did your brother? Early. Did your brother show you a lot of music? Not Raul. Yeah, but that one he did. He did show me Weezer. My brother showed me no music. Louis, my older older brother Louis showed me a ton of music, but he's you know like eleven years older than me. Right, so it's different. So he showed me like that. He showed showed me like Billy Joel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the, um, and then he was like in a it's hair Billy rock Joe. band. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like my other, yeah, my other brother, uh, yeah, he actually like, I don't know, I was the 
he's only like two years older than me, so we were sort of peers, and I was the music nerd out of us. Weezer's kind of a misogynist band to have a lot of girl followers. Too. I was we, just we, we talked. About I guess that just a because, yeah, he like Rivers Cuomo is a. A cute guy? Yeah, and their, mu- their music was accessible, if nothing yeah, else. Well, we it was very talk- easy we to get into. Like, simple it? pop songs. Yeah. What is it about like, certain sounds that you know separate it from a male listener and a female listener? Like, I'm sure there's nothing like you know. I'm sure there's <laughs> nothing that like specifically goes like right. you know. That's to use generalizations is always tricky territory. But I mean, I will say that a band like. Weezer probably just reached a bigger audience because it was hook verse, hook verse, you know, right. it was very simple song structure, yeah. you know, it was really easy to like tap your foot to yeah. like, they also just probably had a shitload of fans our age and, you know, I can't say like, shit, I can't you know? say that like I ever noticed that about any band that I like listened to. It was just like, Oh, I hope I'm not the only one of my gender listening. Right. Like I never, I, I don't know. Um, I just really wanted a girlfriend in high school, so I constantly was well, like, but I definitely, was, I definitely was like culture shocked when I went to my first show at the Masquerade and just yeah. saw all those people. Like, right? I never saw so many people that were like of a deviant culture, like right. of like a subculture, all together in one room. Mm-hmm. To me, like, yeah, there were a ton of girls, but that wasn't the thing. I mean, yeah, there was like some girls that I was just like, oh, pretty girl over there, pretty girl over there. But like, the main thing was like. Just the fact that we were all in the same room. Like, I was exhilarated, and I remember feeling like there were no rules. Like, right. nobody was watching us. Like, mm. we could do whatever the fuck we wanted. Right. And I, there's older people there, so it's, like, kind of exciting because you're like, oh, I don't have to grow up and be a square, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, I can grow up and be a music yeah. guy. Like, but what, like that old man. One time I, I have noticed, there. the only, the, you know, like, one of the few times that I have thought about, like, oh, there's, like, a lot of guys here <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> Was when we played that show where Merle Haggard played on the outside stage. Yes. Oh, yeah. And we, like, got to go out there and, like, see his set for a little bit. Like, I, w- I felt, like, unsafe. Yeah, totally, dude. Like, it, that's... Just, like, not only that it was a lot of guys, but it was, like, the type of guy that was out there. And I love Merle Haggard. Yeah. But it was just, like, yeah, I don't know. I remember uh, going out, because we played in hell at the Masquerade. That was Purgatory, technically. Purgatory. I think it was the only time that. Wait, what is Purgatory? They had three levels. There was. Like... I just knew there was the top heaven. Oh and hell. yeah, Purgatory yeah. was like when you walked in and went to the left. Huh. It's too hell, many. It's too many levels. Hell was to the right. <laughs> is the new Masquerade set up that way? Because I, I, I haven't been. Yeah. Can I? Can I tell you by the way? You said the Cotton Club earlier. I was at the Tabernacle a couple weeks weekends ago and got a stamp on my hand and it said the Cotton Club. That was a memory that was disappeared from my brain. Oh, wow. That came flooding back. I was like, "Oh, oh yeah, it's just like <laughs> they the used merch to call area." The downstairs, the cotton club. Yeah, and now yeah. it's the merch area. Yeah, and that it's was nothing done. Yeah, it's just like a hangout spot where you can buy some shit. For... Tabernacle is a, grab a drink. great venue. Yeah. It still is. I fucking love that venue. Yeah. But uh, the Cotton Club was cool. I, I've seen shows down did there. I, see? Like, I saw somebody down there. I forgot who. I feel like bands. Saw that... a yellow card down there. Oh wow, that's awesome, <laughs> dude. Yeah, I feel like uh, bands that I liked and like prided myself on liking uh weren't big enough to play at the tabernacle right, right. so they would play <laughs> at the cotton club and um but i do remember um one show that i did go that was at the tabernacle uh that i went with you and chase and i think like nathan bettingfield and maybe some other people Tall but guy. it was it was That's all i remember <laughs> 
<laughs> he's very tall. He's still tall, uh, I think. And uh, it was... What if he got shorter? <laughs> <laughs> he's still tall, I think. And he's listening right now, and he's like, Nope, Jay got it wrong. Listening, like, right now? The old days, yeah. yeah. He just bugged my apartment. Where is he? <laughs> but it was, it was Newfound Glory. Oh, yeah. And uh, who I think maybe... In the Cotton Club? No, this was at the Tabernacle. Oh. Yeah. And um, it was right after... Uh, what was that album called? The one that had My Friends Over You. Yeah. We should play some Newfound Glory. That song cause... made me cry, dude. Because <laughs> dude. So... I moved from Charleston to Atlanta, and I it's like leaving my friends behind. Yeah. And they were all over you. <laughs> I was, yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, we're going to choose our other friends. I used to think that that song was him talking on behalf of his friend to his friend's ex-girlfriend, being like, hey, my friend is over you. I was just like, oh, thanks, bro. <laughs> what a pro to say that. Um, maybe they're the band you're thinking of that used to be started off as a Christian band. Yellow Card? No. No. Newfound Glory. Newfound Glory. Oh. Um, Did they start off as a Christian band? I, like, oh, I feel like that was Newfound Glory. Sure. all those, that like level of pop punk all was like half, well, that, half in yeah. the foot at churches all the time. They were anyway. also called Newfound Glory, which is That's like, a good uh, point. But... Um, <laughs> So, so I remember we were like towards the back of the tabernacle while they were playing and, uh, and somebody was like, uh, like looked at me and was like, do you want to go up? And I thought they meant like, try to get closer to the front. I was like, yeah. And then, uh, it oh might've been, God. it might've been Nathan. And then Nathan was like, guys, Jay wants to go up. I remember. And everyone was like, all right. Thing. And it's the only time I've ever crowd surfed. Yeah. <laughs> everyone. And like, I was just like, no, wait, no. And then I was up and I made it all the way to the front. Holy shit. Yeah. Past the gate. Like all the way they to where the you? security guard yeah, yeah. grabs me. Yeah. And then I looked at him and I was like, what do I do? And he was like, just walk around, go back to the, where you were. And it's just like. <laughs> All right, but I remember it being You're like so punk. Yeah, the whole time I was like, I'm gonna get dropped on my head. I was like, I was too scared to be like enjoying the guy yourself. I just see you out there, yeah. tense as fuck. I, I think I was <laughs> fucking <laughs> stiff as a I'm sure boy. everybody in the crowd was just like, get him up there. there. Yeah. He's scared. And I was like a scrawny kid, so I think I was easy to like. Crowd surfing's fucking weird, by the way. I it's... never did it at a big show. I only did it when there was like eight people. Yeah, and I don't like I uh, at the time. I think now where I'm like I have my wallet and my phone yeah, in my right. back pockets, yeah. and I would just the whole also, time. Also, some dude's gonna end up grabbing your dick, like oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I remember seeing. Them. I remember blatantly seeing people do that to girls that were crowd surfing. Oh yeah, yeah, I can't believe. Girls and it's like being like, surfing, like I know that horrible. guy did that on purpose. Right. Yeah. right. Like whoa, dude. I don't know, yeah. Like, it didn't feel good, you know? Like, it I remember, hurt your body to crowd surf. You're just getting jabbed and grabbed and pulled. And I remember pushed. going to see Saves the Day at some place in Atlanta that I don't ever remember going back to. It was called The Chamber? It was like a... The, I don't know why Saves the Day was playing there. It was Small Brown Bike and Saves the Day. Small Brown Bike? Yeah. I, remember that. I didn't know who Small Brown Bike was at the time. But I think I got their CD at Ambush. Kyle Withrow <laughs> later was like, you saw Small Brown Bike. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Saves the Day, I remember I, like, I got to the very front and I was next to some very like attractive girls or whatever. Um, and this like there was like some bouncers like up at the front and they, you know doing their job. And this one guy... Bouncing. He positioned himself right in front of these two girls. Like, they were... I don't know if they were, like, sisters. or They looked, they looked like twins or something. And, I mean, for the sake of the story, they were dressed like... 
for the occasion in sort of like revealing clothing. So this sure. bouncer goes and there's like a railing in front of him and he positions himself right in front of him and he starts doing like stretches, like getting ready, <laughs> like getting ready for the night. Oh, and the stretches no. involve him like kneeling down and looking basically like right up at them. Oh like, my god! And I don't know. He's like using the stretches to try to like play it off. Ugh. And I remember just being like, "This is very uncomfortable. Mm. This is really terrible." But saves the day. Put on a fantastic show. Was that like? Uh, we actually talked about them with Justin. Was that like "Stay What You Are" or like "Through Being Cool"? That was another one that my brother Raul really liked. Um, I remember I only liked I just really liked that At Your Funeral song yeah At Your Funeral that was the first track off of Stay What You Want but I was also really guilty of that with most of the bands that I liked like I there was only a few bands that I was like going to get that CD or record or whatever mm-hmm. like most of the time it was like oh I like that song put it on a mix I had a lot of bands it. that I would like for like an album and get really into it Saves the Day is kind of like that and then I didn't really care about them past like five CD. years you know I was just like they were gone I forgot about it I never played them again yeah. they had that one song with the music video with the Muppets yeah, yeah that was yeah. Um, Freakish I think was the name of that that was song. a good song yeah and, and, and At Your Funeral is a yeah, Great song. they were a good band. I liked that album a lot, uh, whichever one that was. He's a singer who Stay can only sing that way. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think it's annoying. Like I don't mind his voice. Really. Yeah, we listened to him, and we I think that was the consensus. Yeah, I think. Well, no, I yeah, think the consensus dead, so. was the the voice was obnoxious. Uh, kind of. Oh, really? Age very well. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. a little because it's kind of nasally. So you kinda... know, a, a guy who like sang like that and then changed the way he sang. Do you guys remember Oscar? No. Oh, we gotta play Oscar. Play some that, Oscar, baby. I think your phone is the only one that we can okay, use. Okay, so dongle. take that dongle off and plug right dongle in. Dongle off, baby. Dongle uh, I mean, you can. You want you want to use just like YouTube? You think? Yeah. That'd be yeah, easiest. Oscar will be on YouTube. Okay. But that's one that it's like probably Kyle was listening to it in high school, and he introduced it to me when I started hanging out with him in college. So it's definitely like it should have been high school music for me. Gotcha. And if you listen to it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, this is this high school. But he grew out of it and, like, rewrites, like, folk music now. Like, he doesn't sound at all like he sounded. I do. I always uh, like when that's the case. Whenever somebody, like, you listen to somebody you listened to 12 years ago and they're doing something totally new. Mm-hmm. It's always kind of cool. Yeah. Just the the way he pronounces his words. O-S-K-E-R. I I did like bands like this. Uh, Like this sort of sound. Yeah. I I used to love this character. So this dude can sing, but he's like purposefully right. Just like learn that fly every place. I was gonna I and if he's doing it deliberately, but I wonder if with how easy it is to like auto tune voices now, like you don't hear. Where like back then, I, I I'm sure it existed, but I don't think it was as easy to do. Yeah. So I wonder yeah. if that is it a reason that we're right. like, why are their voices not right. sound kind good? <laughs> Whenever like, you auto tune voices back then, you got like Britney Spears type stuff. Yeah. Like, it was so just... how do you guys feel about Elliot Smith's singing voice? I like Elliot Smith. Do you feel like it's emo, or do you feel like it's like no? I compare. Poppy. I. I 
can't imagine him singing a really happy, Yeah, but song. he doesn't do this kind of, like, not this, but he doesn't do, like, I never thought of him even back in the day as, like, uh, in the realm of Saves the Day or something like that or Dashboard Confessional. Well, he's, like, a little bit more breathy. Yeah. Like, he, like, kind of lets the breath out. But he, he also just sounds serious. Yeah. You know, his voice sounds like still, serious. Does he, I feel like he still has a little bit of that, cal- like, I mean, angsty California, angsty yeah. California yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pronunciation of his words. I, um, when I was talking earlier about modern punk, a lot of it sounds just like this. Yeah. I mean, this is, like, this is a classic album. I yeah. Will, like, almost every song on this record is great. Yeah. I don't know how I missed it in high school. Also missed yeah. Elliot Smith. Like Kyle introduced me to him after high school. I I didn't get to like experience that in real time. I knew people liked Elliot Smith, and um, until I saw the Royal Tenenbaums for the first song, first time, uh, I I think yeah it was Royal Tenenbaums. It was like Needle in the Hay. Yeah, and I was like, I think that was who the is yeah. this? And there was, was like it's fucking Elliot Smith. And I think I had said before seeing that movie that I liked Elliot Smith just because I was like all my other friends do so I'm just going to say I do too and then so I think I was like found out of like Jay's never heard Elliot Smith I think he's really interesting like he's got the story he's got the sound Mm -hmm. I think I think he's just the package deal is fascinating yeah he and he has I mean they're all sad socks but he has songs that feel like they could have been on the radio yeah you know oh he's a, he, he was influenced hugely by like pop yeah music there's I mean, I mean his, some of his so songs much, are upbeat and there's a full band and yeah like, yeah and though I really like those songs too I do too it's very it, it's very cinematic and I will forever have it tied up with that Royal Tenenbaum you can't too. think I mean, of like, the bomber uh, you cannot <laughs> yeah. you know that's who my cat's named after yeah. you know that bomber yeah. I feel like Elliot Smith managed to like he does have such a California just say the pronunciation of the words <laughs> but I feel like he big t- <laughs> I feel like he just like avoided the demo-itis syndrome which is like you know, like, you, you write a song and you demo it, and it's got this, like, rough-around-the-edges feel, but it's so charming, and you love it. Yeah. And then when you go to, like, really record it, and it's all clean, and it's just, it's not as good. But, right. like, everything Elliot Smith does has this, like, in-the-moment feel, like, that that take was that, it's only going to sound like that in that moment, he can't ever repeat it. And if you ever saw him live, I've always heard these stories that, like, he was super tense, and you could tell he was like really nervous to yeah. be up there. And well, yeah, because a lot of his songs sounds like he's in his room. Yeah, with like he was not a microphone and a guitar. Not he, a he loved person. stories. Like, it's like he's like, he was like a genie. He was like a savant. So, there was so, there's he did. I know he did at least one song. I think he did a couple with uh, John Bryan producing him, and um, those songs have more of a kind of polished quality hmm. to them, but they're still. Really, really good. Um, but, yeah, it was... There's there's some albums that definitely have more just acoustic stuff and then some that have more of a band feel to them. Well, he performed at the fucking Oscars. Oh, yeah. Because he had that song in Good Will Hunting. Right, right. Like, I think he wore, like, an all-white suit and just, like, walked out, played a song, and then walked off. This is so. This is live. The John, John Bryan sessions. I don't know. Was it a video? No. Nope. I guess this is, this is an album. I guess. 
guys who just recorded it live. Probably. Probably like Largo or something. Yeah. Son of Sam, son of a shining path. I mean, he, did, he does sound a little bit more emo maybe than I was remembered. Yeah. The couple killer running out of time. Time. But he's maybe doing it just better than anybody else. <laughs> like, his lyrics are good. It sounds. His lyrics are good. It sounds like honestly emotional, not like put yeah. upon, you know. Right, like people are imitating him. Yeah, but they're all. They're, it's all. Uh, who's that guy from the seventies who also killed himself? That has that same sound. Pink Moon. Nick. Nick Drake. Oh yeah. It's all kind of Nick Drakey. Yeah. Uh, that whole genre of music's kind of Nick. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, let's go. Can we listen to a newfound glory song? Oh yeah, totally. I was trying to think of who else. Gus had mentioned. We found Glory Blink One Eighty Two. Play Bandits. We have talked a lot about Blink One Eighty Two on this podcast. Yeah, that's yeah, that's easy. It's, it's yeah. But they are, they were fucking good. I wanted they, to. They I were, wanted they were to, huge. They, I wanted they were huge massive. Band. Yeah. yeah, you're gonna talk everybody. I wanted to talk they about Link Eighty because they have uh, horns, but they're not like happy like Mighty Bostones and Real Big Fish. Yeah. Horns. You want? You guys just want to do my friends over you, or do you guys? I'm drunk off your piss. That's like a piccolo snare almost. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, um, they, Cyrus, the drummer for Newfound Glory, Cyrus Buluki, I think was his name. Um, him, Travis Barker, a lot of the like pop punk drummers had uh, vented snare drums. Oh yeah, to make them louder. Yeah, so it would be like a wooden snare drum with holes. What? Yeah, they would put that. holes in the sides, and like, me too. I was like, I want that. But it was like, it would just make it louder. There's no yeah. way it would make it sound <laughs> good. I wanted. There's there's something really friendly about this kind of music. Even though a lot of times their lyrics are vindictive and angry <laughs> for me it's this immediate nostalgia even when it came out like i said yeah. I, don't know, I think i might have mentioned it earlier but like this album came out this summer that i moved from charleston to atlanta and it broke my heart to leave because like i had like a really awesome group of friends over there and like live right by the beach and everything and then this album came out and i listened to the song like knowing i was moving and already felt nostalgic for charleston it, while i was there it, it sounds like if if you were to write a movie, if you were to direct a movie when you were like fifteen, it would be all this music. <laughs> it is. It's very. It has a very like commercial. Yeah, and like feel like, to it. And I remember they they would have music videos that were like funny yeah. and like you like the bass player. I remember was like kind of heavier guy, and he really like embraced being a heavy yeah. guy. Yeah. And, like, uh, their one guitar player never wore shoes. Like he just had socks. And like, <laughs> as a fan of the band, you were like, "Yeah, he never wears shoes." You're like, "Why not?" It, it musically sounds like the emotions of like a of a like a 15 or 16 year old. Yeah, it's harder to write about grown up stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, it, also, if you're writing songs for younger people, you can. It seems but I don't. Like, I don't want. I feel like it's wrong to discount 
the problems that young to say that the problems that young people go through are easy. That's not what I'm saying. Well, no, I, I think like the shit is hard. And I think that's right. why that's that's why that music does so well. I think we've talked about this a little bit. Is that when you when you are a high schooler and you're feeling you know love and you're feeling like it's so intense. Yeah, and so I think it's easier to write extreme versions of, as opposed to like now where like. You're kind of like numb and almost like apathetic. So well, you it's, know, it's harder to write songs that kind of I think though it's like there. And the same thing like you're talking about. I think emotions are simple. Like they just are no matter how old you are. And I've I've always liked in songs that are really wordy. Did you guys ever listen to this being the format that now that dude is in like fun or some shit? I don't Yeah, uh, we actually listened to them in last, the last episode Justin, featuring Justin God Green. God damn it, Justin yeah. Green. Well, that dude, I, I remember he had a song, on, I don't even, I, I don't remember the song, but there's other songs that, like, that do this thing lyrically, where like the, the song is like wordy, and the lyrics are like dense and hyper-specific about like things, and, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, he'll throw in this very just like not dense not specific thing he'll just say i miss you or i love you like he'll just like all this to say this very broad simple theme which is just this Mm -hmm. i miss you i love you or whatever Mm -hmm. like or i'm embarrassed or i'm mad or whatever it is it's just like at the the end of it yeah the emotion at the base of the song really is simple and those don't really change that much as you get older right i think lyrically those the bands that speak to you know, teenagers, it's very, there's, it's very one-sided. It's either really well done or really shitty. And it's not always, it doesn't always reflect in whether you like them or not, or if they're popular or not. A lot of bands that were mega popular had shitty lyrics, you know? Well, so Blick 182 did take off your pants and jacket. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm good, I'm good on beer. You. I'm drunk. But they did take <laughs> off your pants and jacket and they had our, damn it, came out. When, yeah, I, yeah. when I was I I was introduced to Blink One Eighty Two in elementary school. Right, I, it totally. I was in the same boat where like, like that was something that was around. I didn't really listen to them until I was a little bit older. Well, yeah, I was introduced to it by my friend Fed in Miami. His name was Federico Moratorio, and my parents would let me go over to his house all the time and spend the night. They were like really close friends, and we're still friends. They came to our Red Rock show. Yeah, like, we've Fed's been great. my lifelong friend, and um, like he. Loved the song "Damn It" so much that when I spent the night at his house, we would go to sleep to it. He would put it on repeat. <laughs> it was like it was like track two or three or whatever. He would put the CD in and put it on repeat on that track, and we would fall asleep to it. But that was like elementary school. Yeah, I and then by the time I was like about to be in high school, they put on "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket," where Tom DeLonge says, "Kissed every girl in class." And I'm like, dude, you're 30. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's a that's a thing that we've talked about a few times about a lot of these bands was like, yeah, when you went and saw them, the yes, the crowd was I'm going to fall asleep. was high schoolers. <laughs> Gus wake up. But it was yeah, it was the young kids and high schoolers and like the whole thing is like is it must be weird to be a band that you're you're past high school, but you appeal to high schoolers. But also, a big part of music is like, I do this so that girls will think that. <laughs> is it though? Like, I don't want to be like holier than thou, but like, we play music together and I write music to cope through like, you know, a whole spectrum of feelings right. that I feel. Um, and I try not to like write them through 
sort of like the filter of a high school character the way they did. The, the thing is that you wonder, like, it's yeah, one, when you reference class, right? Exactly, <laughs> kiss every girl in class. Yeah. You put that in yeah. your song. So like, but, well, Blink One Eight Two was really bad about it. I mean, so, but more, it more you, than other bands, I would say. What makes me wonder is like, it's one thing if you're doing it consciously, like, yeah, it's shitty that you're that you're sitting there and you're like, oh, kids will buy this because I do think Blink One Eight Two was no, I think they were in the other boat where they were trying to be an outlet for children. It's I a guess. whole other thing though if you're a songwriter and you're like, because let me tell you, like, I suffered like maybe two heartbreaks that I've written like. 14 songs right. like which 14 might not be a lot of songs for like some songwriters who've got like you know 17 albums under their sure. belt or whatever but for me that's like most of the material that i've written about are about two girls yeah and i've you know like i don't know i've, I've been with kelly for five years and before that i was you know i dated like lots of girls like plenty who i've never written anything about because right. that's weird but, like, the bad ones, like, the really intense heartbreak, like, it sticks with you. And even now, even after, like, so many years, I find myself, like, I feel like I'm done with that. But then every once in a while I'll go back and I'll write something and I'll just be like, wow, I can, if I really let myself, go back and write about that heartbreak again. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if Tom DeLonge really had such a fucking high school experience that he was, that he was tapping, tap, tapping into, into like yeah. legitimate emotions that he was able to write about so well that high, actual high schoolers are relating to it. Like, I, I never thought their lyrics were that bad, though. I mean, I, but I'm kind of a defender of later era Blink-182. I don't, I don't mind that. It was just weird because they really leaned into, like, I'm writing songs about high school. I mean, I'm like, every this. song well, for when a they long got, time. When they got to, like, I'm feeling this was kind of an outlier on that uh, self-titled album. Because I feel like that was when yeah. they were like, we're serious now. And it yeah. was kind of, I mean, like, I Miss You is is constantly it's constantly like a punchline amongst our friends <laughs> where, it's just are, like, you? where yeah. are you oh my god <laughs> there's it's, spider because it's like i don't know but it's almost this thing of like uh like what we're saying is like if you're a grown-up don't write songs about that appeal to high schoolers and then they were like all right Here's we'll try. Here's what we got, and it's <laughs> yeah. like, oh no, keep oh, no. writing songs about high school. Okay. Yeah. Gus, hopefully Kelly will break your heart, and you'll have more <laughs> for years, and you can write another fourteen songs. Well, I've written a song about Jay before too. Hey, That's true. did you oh, break he, his heart? No, he <laughs> broke his heart. Right, no, so it's a song about friendship. I don't know what's good by these. Oh, guys. this is it. This is great. This is Link Eighty. This is uh, this is like the good one. All right, there you go. Sounds pretty classic ska. Oh, the voice is very different. It's just a little bit, got, like, got a little bit more swag. Like. Oh, nice. The, the thing about ska, too, is that it didn't actually ever, it didn't, it rarely got this hard, I feel like. Right, that's a lot, why. A lot of ska was so, like, we have to listen to and frilly. We have to listen to Choking Victim after this. Okay. Was the subject matter dark, or was it just like... Oh, yeah. Like, to put in, like, five-finger discount by choking victim. Okay. But these guys, like... Yeah, this is all... It's like... Kind of like how Alkaline Trio like to sort of market themselves as, like, black eyeliner, black... Right. Like, they're they were kind of, like a satanic, but not really... This quote right here. Was convincing the world he didn't exist. <laughs> 
fucking uh, usual. Listen to this. Famous pedophile. Listen to the vocals. Listen to the vocals right here. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I like it. I, I said Connor liked this band. Chris Fuller, I think, was a really big Blink-80 fan. And Connor, you know, too. And not me, too. Yeah. But Chris is the one that was like, check out this band. It's always funny sometimes when I hear stuff like this, because I wouldn't like them today. But I yeah. wish I heard them in high school, because I probably would have been really So, everyone's <laughs> there's a song by them that I feel like is timeless, and I can't remember. Do you want to listen to Five Finger Discount by Choking Victim? Yeah, put that one on. So, this is Choking Victim. They have uh, upside oh, you know down what? crucifixes yeah, on their this, this album. This album's called No Gods, No Managers. So <laughs> this, like so this one, like, this song is actually food restaurant fifteen year old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this song is kind of defiantly stuff. happy sounding. Did you ever listen to Authority Zero? Oh yeah, they were from Miami. Yeah. Uh, bass players and ska bands are so good. Yeah, they are. It's like... (laughs) So, like, these dudes play ska, but they're, like, legitimately scary. Like, I went to go... I saw them one time at a house in Athens, at, like, a house show, and the, the singer, he goes by the stizza. And he, and he has a bottle of liquor the whole time, like a bottle of Jack Daniels the whole time. And then another time, I remember just being afraid of him. But another time I saw them at the Masquerade, and they were plenty scary, but it wasn't them. It was their opening band, the Green Goblin Project. They were opening for them, and they were awful. Like, they were just like... I like, I like that name, though. They were just like sludge metal, like, death awful. Yes, yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't into it, and I don't think a lot of people there were... And at the end of their set, I feel like everyone in that band was just fucked up, like drunk off their ass on stage. At the end of their set, the singer finished, or not the singer, the guitarist finished and turned, took his guitar off, and just threw it (laughs) into the crowd. What? As people were like turning around to walk away because their set was done. And it hit some guy right in the back of the head and he bled. Like he was bleeding a lot. He was okay. But, like, he was bleeding, and, like, people in the audience were like, whoa, are you okay? And some other guy went up to the stage and was like, hey, you guys just hit that guy. <laughs> and the band, like, one of the guy that threw it, like, turned around and was like, oh, well, he can keep the guitar. And they were fine what with it. What the fuck? They just, like, kept the guitar. I just remember uh. being, like, leftover crack and, like, everything that they take on tour with them and everything surrounding them uh. is dangerous. <laughs> like, that's not... There was Jesus a lot of, like, s- like smaller, you know punk bands like that though i remember if you saw a band at like a venue that you didn't really know that well like, it could freaky. be a dangerous scene if, yeah if you were going deep into that yeah. stuff there i mean i don't want to people got shit faced on stage that's what it was people would just get like you know you'd see bands getting really drunk and there's bands going too far with the, yeah. with the with the image of right right hardness like yeah. i don't know i don't want to like name names for local atlanta bands i but like i'll say there are some that we, did that like beat people up and didn't we talk about tree ford on this podcast uh, before <laughs> well i was thinking of a, a different band like tree ford i feel like was bullying more and just like verbally just like being jerks like yeah I, and gross. They did gross yeah. shit on stage. They, had, yeah, they, had, uh, they played in my parents' basement in high school. Let's talk... <laughs> I, I, Gus's, 
Gus had a essentially a venue in his basement. Really? Uh, yeah, actually, it was like I haven't even. That's interesting. That I didn't think about it this whole time. It's like a highlight of my life, and yeah. I can't believe that my parents allowed these things to happen in my. In Your parents their are house. both wonderful, but I have, I don't, a, I have I can't a clear imagine. memory of going to a party or a show in somebody's basement one time. Was it in Shambly, Georgia? I don't remember, but it was a band, I, a local band that I didn't really know. Huh. It wasn't like a bunch of friends of mine, and I went. And it was weird. What can you remember anything else about it? Was there a, was it was there unfinished. A... Was yours uh, like unfinished? Yeah. And there was like, I think there was a back door that led yeah. out to a grassy area. Yeah. Good in your house. You were probably <laughs> at my house. Wow. I mean, I mean, I had some shows there. Like, so it, it was, of course, Chris and Connor's idea because they were the guys that introduced me to everything that was cool. Were you guys like practicing in that space? We, pra- we practiced down there and they were like, we could have shows here. And um, there were two bands. Oh shit! There were two local bands at the time that we played with a lot. Um, they were called Cognito, and the other one was called The Riot Act. And I wish we could find their music, but I doubt we can. <laughs> I'll take a look because it was like they were high. They broke up after that. They never really kept like we formed other bands, and I think they stopped. Did, who am I? Do you have any like recordings of? I'd probably do somewhere, but not. I I wish like my friend Wendell. We recorded something. We had an EP, and Connor not, probably has it. None of us have it anymore, and it makes me really sad. Not because I want to listen to it. I have a, it, my friend like, Wendell's shirt. Yeah, the shirts lived much longer than the. Oh, that's the monologue. I don't know. Well, yeah, we we did we did get a little more mature, and we changed our name to the monologue. So, um, so my so my my house venue though. Um, so yeah, like they were like, we could have shows here. So I think the first thing we did, it was like us, Cognito and the Riot Act. What was the venue called? So, okay. The back door, Mohammed, you might be able to verify if this was the right place. The back door to the, to get into the basement was really short. You had to duck to get in. I don't remember. So, well, because of that, <laughs> they called it the watch your motherfucking head. It was just like a one-off thing. They were like, oh, you got to watch your head to get in. We weren't going to let anyone in through the front door and walk in through the main house and go in yeah. and down. Like, my parents were up there. Totally. So everyone was going to have to go through the backside yard and in through the back door. Um, so it was called the Watch Your Motherfucking Head. But whenever we made flyers that, like, my parents were going to see, we said it was the Watch Your Mouth, Fingers, and Head. <laughs> 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 so we started out with like Cognito, the Riot Act, and Who Am I, or whatever. But because like when you're in high school and you're in a band, like it's hard to get shows, and Swayze's was one of the only places you could yeah. play. Like once we had like two shows, everybody heard like, oh, there's a place where bands are playing, and mm-hmm. like kids will go, you know, like see bands play at this house show. Did you ever play at the Vineyard? I think so. It was like it was a like church, a, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I think I did. And before the headlining band, they always did like a weird like. This is from Cognito's Facebook page. That's not. That. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do that. There's got to be more it's than like, one band. Cognito sounded like a, a lot dude like Rufio, a, just like really fast pop punk like that. But we wound up having tons of shows. Like we had Tree Fort. I mean, Tree Fort was probably the only band in Atlanta that anyone's ever heard of that played there. But like. This band called Folly that was sounded Triple Crown Records. They were like a Ooh, Triple Crown. They were like a metal slash ska band. It was really weird. There was a really cool ska band called The Skeptics that was from like New York or Canada or some shit. The cool thing was that we started having like touring bands playing in my basement. That's crazy. Like they would come through. Like we would book shows for touring bands. I just remember like Would they stay at your house? I think some sometimes they did, but it was like in the basement. It wasn't very comfortable. Sure, yeah. Just let them crash. Just, it was just <laughs> more than like, crazy. I mean, but yeah, it. like Tree Fort played in the basement, and Kyle 
uh, Knight from Tree Fort, who used to just be like their shock value guy. He was, yeah, their, yeah. He was their boss tone. Yeah. Yeah. He like <laughs> ate a bar of soap while, while they were playing in my basement. <laughs> that might be the show I was at. And he threw it up in my backyard. There was. I just remember that dude throwing up a lot. Do you like remember there being a trampoline stage. in the backyard? I mean, I feel like every house yeah. in the suburbs had a trampoline in their backyard. They had a yard. They had a- well, I remember finding out that Mitchell and you came to my house for a show before we ever like really? met later in life. I can't remember which one it was, but I, I do remember going. Yeah. Did you like Slick Shoes? I, I like Slick Shoes. shoes That's another Alan let's, Hamilton band. Let's listen to Slick Shoes. I didn't, ha- I didn't have a lot of friends who showed me music. Alan Hamilton showed me a lot of that. They were another uh, like pop punk band that uh, um, I think started out Christian. They might have been Christian the whole time. I don't know. But if you can find Angel by Slick Shoes. I put Joe's sick. No. No, 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 no. We it's need, Slick Shoes, a Goonies reference. Yeah. And then we have Goonies and, uh, and Rufio. Oh. <laughs> Which I think they also had the sound clip that was like, I got a great idea, you guys. Slick, Slick shoes. shoes! Oh, this song is really familiar. You've heard this song. Yeah. They were also, this was a band that was on a lot of samplers. Yeah. I don't remember who they were like, but. That, we were talking about that on another episode, just that, like, ew! Oh, <laughs> was such a thing in. in Pop punk music. There was one recording studio that did all of the pop punk bands in yeah. Atlanta. It was oh, really? Lead, Lead Belly Studio. They did our band and Cognito and the Riot Act and like a, the Sloppy Meat Eaters. Do you remember them? I do remember them. The chorus. Listen to how boring this is. The chorus. chorus is I'll tell you who I like went into high school already loving, and then it was like the only band that I was like, oh, cool, we all like this band. (laughs) No, there's no effects. Oh, yeah. Uh, Let me see. No effects. Like, those warp tour. Those are warp tour bands. Yeah. Okay. I don't like know all if those I've bands. Ever heard the Vandals. No effects song before. Pennywise. You've never heard of what? That was see. There's that was more of, my wheelhouse, honestly. There's when a it, lot when, of those bands. Punk. Yeah, that I would see t-shirts and. Yeah, like, I wore no effect. I wore this exact shirt. No effects. Pumpkin. Was it like, the square? Oh yeah. no, I didn't have that one. I had that one that was like the squares. Yeah, there would be like Force patches Force. and stickers and yeah. T-shirts. Rancid I, was one. Yeah, and I Vandals. I was just like, I don't know what that band's. Pennywise. I well, feel no, like I'm no saying the same ones, but that's true. No effect. And Leftover Cracker and Choking Victim are one of those where it's like people just get the patches. Yeah, but No Effects was one that I actually listened to. Can you actually? Sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, it's all good. This is one of those songs where the lyrics are about nothing, but they sound like they. I always thought that they were like really important when I listened to them. <laughs> you know, it's funny though. It's it's bands like this that made me like feel entitled over like you know we were we our high school years was plagued by radio pop punk that yeah. became popular. But I'd be like, I listen to No Effects. Fuck your yeah. good Charlotte or whatever. Not that different. <laughs> Why? It's weird. Why did No Effects not ever, I guess. I mean, 
granted, this probably wouldn't have been on the radio. Yeah. It was a little too fast, a little too hard. Yeah. But it's not like they had the No Effects had that song. Please play this song yeah. on the yeah. radio. But this was a song about was having arcade? in your pocket. There's a band called the Arcade something. Not the Arcade Fire. But they were uh, like this too. It, yeah, it's... <sighs> I think... I remember like whenever I would... There's just something about that tempo. Like whenever yeah. I would go to a show and a band would come out and play something like this and just everybody would really get really excited it's yeah. just something about that it's, it's so fast. energetic and yeah. cool we're gonna wrap it up <laughs> going for a while we always are like are we three hours in? we're gonna do we're gonna about do like a, two hours and ten minutes a one hour long podcast and it just never works but it's great and i i've had a really good time uh gus thank you so much for, thanks for having me for doing the podcast do you want to plug anything or you want to tell tell people about I don't know when this is going to come out. Um, well, we play music as Pony League and Mountain Party and Marcus and the last one's my Jeremy Ray. Band. That's it. Uh, Marcus did the theme song that you heard at the beginning of this episode that oh. we haven't done yet. <laughs> but Muhammad always tells me how much he likes Marcus. I love, I love Marcus so much. <laughs> I, want, I, I want you guys to quit all your other bands. And just, just play Marcus. Oh, yeah, check out Book Club sometime. I'm in that band, too. Or Ben Tricky. I play with him. Guess we're going to start a band, me and you? Yes. I'm, I check out Muhammad. Check out Muhammad sometime. I'm playing his band. <laughs> Uh, but no, Gus, I, I, I love that you came and did this. I love you. You're one of my very best Let's friends. Let's do a high five we can hear. Yeah. Um, you, Muhammad. Oh, man. Come back. We'll, we'll, I dropped all my stuff. We'll have you come back and do more episodes of this if you would like to. Sure. Um, everybody at home or wherever you are listening to this, thank you so much for listening. Um, my name is Jay Howell. My friend is Muhammad Joma. Listen to Gus's bands. Uh, keep listening. Bands. listening. Oh, also listen to Let's Make a Podcast with Muhammad T. Joma. That season two should be out by the time you're here. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, you guys have a wonderful uh, day or night or week or whatever. Drive safe. Uh, thanks for listening. Get home safe. I know you guys were all somewhere listening to this podcast. <laughs> Just be safe and be good to people. If you're at home. And, uh, Go somewhere safely. And yeah, uh, I love you. Goodbye. And this is uh, that Silver Sun's Pickups. <laughs> Silver Sun's Pickups. Uh, it's great. It's called Lazy Eye. Okay, bye. Bye.